Hey, I'm Mark. And I'm Kendrick. And this is Movies in Black and White. What are we doing today? The Gentleman? The Gentleman. Yeah, the Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, one of my favorite directors. Love his stuff. Came out in January 1st, so we're a little behind on this one, but we finally got to go see it a couple weeks ago, and yeah. then you followed suit not long after, because I... I told you... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It came out on January 1st in the United Kingdom. It came out on January 24th here in the States. So right. we're only a week or two behind. Yeah, a week behind. we that far behind. And it's I, I, after I saw it, I came and told you, I was like, you got to go watch this movie. Yeah. It was like, we got to talk about this one. Because it was... It's your typical Guy Ritchie film. For those who don't know who Guy Ritchie is, it's the guy that made Lock, Stock, and Smoking Barrel. Is it two smoking barrels or one? Two smoking barrels. Two smoking barrels, excuse me. Snatch. Snatch. My favorite is King Arthur. Yes. Even though that was a very underrated movie. And both Sherlock Holmes movies. Exactly. With Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, which were really good movies within themselves. And if you don't know him from that, he was Madonna's ex-husband. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's a big one there. Uh, good good point to make is they're also, he's about to do a third Sherlock Holmes movie. Right. Yeah, so that was that's his next movie after this one, which I'm really excited for. I've been hoping for a very long time that they would come back and do a third one. So I'm finally glad he's getting the chance to come back and do it. Even though I'm glad he got this little project out of the way because it was a it's worth having around. It is, and B it kind of got him into his own mindset again of okay I'm gonna go because he walked away from doing after he walked away from doing King Arthur, which you we were talking earlier, he spent three years on that movie. Three said. years to make that movie. He said that his normal movies take about nine months from conception till printing. Yeah. You know, that's including editing and everything, filming and all that stuff. So he really, he, he said, you know, it's a 1,200, 1,500-year-old story mm-hmm. that he really wanted to take the time with. And plus it has so many layers that people didn't understand and, you know, kind of he wanted to put in that story. King Arthur, that was supposed to start a 10-film franchise, I want to say, that Warner Brothers was commissioning, and he was supposed to head it up, and it just, unfortunately, it fell flat through no fault of his own. People just didn't right. see it. It was actually a very good movie. It was solid. It was a totally different take on King Arthur. It was, and really. it was fresh and new, and Charlie Hunnam, to me, is such an underrated actor. Like he does not get the love and credit he deserves. He always kind of gets typecasted and just thrown into these things. Right. Because, you know, good looks and everything like that. Little, oh, he is good looking. Rough, yeah, he is rough good around looking. the edges yeah. and all that type of stuff. Well, he gets typecast into that. It's probably because he started his career, or his career got launched into the stratosphere with uh, Sons of Anarchy. Right. And he was that dirty, gringy biker that yeah, exactly. was, got down into the nitty gritty and was not afraid to fuck people's day up. This movie, he is... A little different, and he's more of the uh, straight shoe type guy, or he plays a straight shoe type guy until things go south, and then. But they all got their code of honor that they follow, which is really cool as well. It was, it was a solid movie. It was a phenomenal cast too. Yeah, he's the intellectual, reluctant right hand man bodyguard uh, for the main character, which, which is, is a, Matthew McConaughey, right. who played a character named Mickey Pearson. Mickey Pearson was the central figure in the movie. McConaughey didn't have as big a role in this movie as I thought he would. He did not. Which, which was is, surprising. Well, it's kind of surprising, but it's Guy Ritchie. Because, you know, you have a lot of different stories going on at the same time mm-hmm. that all come back to a common thread and mesh together that are interwoven and connected by one central thing. And that's really, if you go back and look at Lock, Stock and Two Jesus Smoking Bruce. Barrels and Snatch, that's how it went. Yeah. I mean, you had characters that were... Always in the movie, mm-hmm. but they weren't always in every scene. That's and they were, you know, so that's how he does things. Yeah, Matt, like we said, Matthew McConaughey was a central figure in the movie, but he wasn't in the most. The two that were really in the most was 
Charlie Hunnam and Hugh Grant. Yeah. And Hugh, Grant. Hugh Grant's character was by far one of my favorite characters in the movie. He was such a trip. He was right. God, he was nuts. He basically, plays the narrator. I mean, yeah, he's he a storyteller in the movie. So, well, it was very tongue in cheek because yeah. Hugh Grant is a <laughs> private investigator that's hired by a newspaper to get dirt on Mickey Pearson, which is Matthew McConaughey's character. And he narrates the movie, and also the the whole thing he investigated, he wrote into a script, and he's trying to sell the script to a movie studio, which later on you find out the reason he was narrating it was because he was selling it to a movie studio. Exactly. It was very tongue-in-cheek and hilarious, yeah. and he was over-the-top eccentric, and he killed it in that role. Definitely a mercenary. I mean, the guy was like, he did things in the movie to influence... How some of the outcomes of these different characters. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, well, he was stacking wanna... the stacking the cards in his yeah. favor to get his yeah. money. Exactly. And he was a player in this one. And then the rest of the cast was amazing. You had Michelle Dockery who played Matthew McConaughey's wife. Henry Golding is one of the bad guys. He was an Asian gangster and called Dry Eye. Yeah, you might recognize him from Crazy Rich Asians. That's right. Jeremy Strong was in it. Eddie Marson, Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell, who oh, was amazing man. as the character <laughs> called the coach. Right. And then just a bunch of other... I mean, it was it was a lot of good actors and actresses in this movie. I actually was reading earlier that Kate Beckinsale was originally in the movie. Oh, wow. And yeah. she was supposed to play Matthew McConaughey's wife. Right. And then they replaced her with Michelle Dockery, which... Wasn't a bad replacement. So no, it wasn't. She, they were both really good actors, yeah. but just... Kate Beckinsale. Oh my gosh, she is. She's a. She's so good to look at. Oh, I yeah. love that woman. She's so beautiful. Now there were some guys down the line. Uh, Franz Drema, which most people don't know the name, but you would recognize his face. He was the other half of Firestorm in Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, and he was also yeah. in Edge of Tomorrow as well. Exactly. Which, yeah, that's right. Right. I remember him now. Um, yeah, he did look familiar to me. Tom Wu, one of the lesser actors in the in the movie. If you watched the series Marco Polo on Netflix. He was Hundred Eyes, and he was a man who was blinded by an enemy of the of the cons, and He's became a, a trainer. Oh, he also played George in King Arthur. Yeah, who taught yes. King Arthur martial arts? That, yes, yeah, I remember exactly. him now. Right. He's got quite a resume. Doesn't yeah, he? he really yeah. does. He's been in a lot of big things. He was in Lord Croft Tomb Raider. He was in Batman Begins, one of the Scorpion Kings, which eh. right. Skyfall. Yeah, he was in Kick Ass Two, Red Two. Like you said, Marco Polo, Hobbs and Shaw. Man, he, oh yeah, he was yeah, in Hobbs and Shaw. So remember that? Soy, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that was such a good movie too. It was a killer cast. It was a great story, and Guy Ritchie, man, he knows how to direct a movie. I'm really excited to see what he does with Sherlock Holmes three. And he knows how to put actors who typically do different certain roles mm -hmm. in a different role for him. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at Snatch and you look at Brad Pitt's character in Snatch, he was the Pika. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was like this guy was totally off character for Brad Pitt. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he yeah. he 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 knew how to cast that movie, and they all played their part effectively well. Yes, and really. it was really cool seeing Colin Farrell in a gangster type role, especially since he's playing the Penguin in yeah. the upcoming Batman movie. So I don't think they're going to be similar by any stretch of the imagination. No. But it really does show Colin Farrell's acting chops because when you saw the trailers, it made him just like a crazy person. Right. But in reality, his character was actually really smart and played off certain things really well. And I'm telling you, between him and Hugh Grant, it's hard to pick who was the best of the two. I agree. Because, uh, you know, when they met, when you first were introduced to him in the restaurant, yeah. he's in line, and these kids come up to order, and they cut him in line. Mm -hmm. And they're just really rude, really rude, and then he's 
steps up to him and they start, oh, we're going to kill you, old man. We're yeah, going to cut they you. They pull out knives. Yeah. yeah. All this. And he just looks at him. He's like, oh. And then the guy comes at him and says, you know, when you're going to stab somebody, you got to stab them. You, gotta, you, don't, you don't do this. You don't back up and then try to go again. He tries to teach you. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. And they're looking at him like, what's wrong with this guy? You're the coach. Yeah. Well, you're the coach. And he's some well-known guy. Uh, well, the whole movie takes place in London. Yes. And say this now, it's a very hard R movie. There's a lot yeah. of cussing, and in in the states you really don't use this word, but in London I guess they use it freely. All the time. And every other London, word Ireland, was you fucking cunt, and I was like, I was watching, I was like, whoa, that's a lot. Like I was covering my ears at a certain point, like damn, that's yeah, harsh. The pro- prolific use of the word was great. <laughs> that was it was all over the place, yeah. man. It was woo. I was looking at my wife like, oh shit, I didn't realize what I was bringing her to. Yeah. Uh, actually, she wanted to go see this one, so it kind of caught us both off guard. But it wasn't as... It was violent. Like, there were some violent scenes, right. but it was not very action-packed. Exactly. It was just story and narrative and a good one at that. But the the action scenes that they did have were pretty oh, top-notch. Yeah, they yeah. were great. And it was good. funny as hell. It's Man, dude, good. it cracked me up. Like, when... Um, the kid fell off the building. Okay. They all just kind of came up like, well, fucking get him. Yeah. <laughs> they all started running after the kids that were recording with cell phones. Exactly. Oh, man. that was It was hilarious. One of my favorite scenes also, Colin Farrell ends up having, he owes Mickey Pearson favors because right. something his boys did to Mickey Pearson. They ended up breaking into one of his weed, weed factories. Yeah. And real hindsight uh, story here is Mickey Pearson's a big drug lord. Yes. In London. He was born in the States. Came from California. Yeah, grew up in London and worked his way up and became this huge mogul in the drug kingpin underworld. And everybody wants a piece of the king is what I think what he says, right? Yes. Some along those lines. He's trying to retire and he's trying to sell his empire to a buyer. And he's got... he, he The way he does it, so intricate and so well methodically planned out. There's a reason he's never been busted. Well, all these characters are intertwined through just amazing happens of circumstance. It's hard to explain it all. So you really have to go see the movie to get all the clarification that you need right. for this one. Because it's really hard for us to sit here and explain it to you. Pretty much what happened was the coach's kids, who he took under his wing and trained, broke into one of his compounds. And they ended up whooping everybody's ass in there yeah. and sit putting on YouTube. And the coach figures out who they stole from right and he goes and tries to make amends so his kids don't get killed he was a really good guy but he ends up owing them three favors that's what he that's what they said the terms is that he needs three favors so he does a few things for him but one of them is he has to set up the guy that hired hugh grant's character fletcher to write the piece on yeah Yeah. mickey pearson what they do is just ungodly horrifying (laughs) But it was so funny the way they sold it was they kidnapped this head honcho for this uh, newspaper. I forget his oh, name. That, that was another main actor, too. What what was his name? Do you remember? Oh, my gosh. He, it, was, was it, Jer- it wasn't Jeremy Strong. That was the no. guy that was trying to buy the company. Yeah, because Eddie Marsan was the, was the enemy. Yeah. Uh, Let me see here. The character's name was Big Dave. So the actor that played Big Dave... Was Eddie Marson. Eddie Marson, yeah. Yeah, you would know him from such movies as Mission Impossible 3, The World's End. Right. Um, He was in Ray Donovan, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, Sherlock Holmes. 
he was the inspector in Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. That's right, yeah. yeah. But they ended up calling for uh, Farrell and his kids kidnapped Big Dave, and they gave him drugs, and they recorded, recorded him, him having sex having with a pig. pig. Oh, and my gosh. <laughs> they, he takes the video. He pretty much blackmails Big Dave yes. with it because he didn't know what he did. Until he realizes it, and that yeah, was Big Dave had himself. no idea that yeah. they had done this because he was so drugged out of his mind. <laughs> when they it's took crazy. the video to Charlie Hunnam's character to show, "Hey, we did this for you. Now he won't be a problem." And Charlie Hunnam goes, "Oh my God, you can't look away from this, can you?" And he goes, "I was there, and I still can't believe it." Like yeah. he just he sold every line he gave uh, with such compassion and vigor. Yeah, it was. He did an amazing job of this. I cannot praise him enough for this. That one. scene where they do break into the uh, dr- the mar- marijuana factory. Yeah, you know that you think they're gonna get just they're destroyed me. because yeah. the guy comes out. And he's and they're like, oh, there's only one guy. Then he keeps calling another guy. Say you come out here. Hey, you come out here. Hey, come out here. Come out. And they're like, what are you gonna do now? And the guy, the kids are still confident. Yeah, and they're. St- I'm like going. How are they still this confident? Because, I mean, these are just a bunch of stumble bum kids. Mm-hmm. And then they go in to proceed and whooping this guy's asses. They whoop the and shit. And then, then that's when you go back and get told, you know, oh, yeah, by the way, they met the coach. Yeah, they were trained by the they coach. They got trained. Yeah. And it's like, okay, these guys. Uh, Bugsy Malone, English rapper, plays one of the characters. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, you know, telling them how to, you know, hey, make sure you... Get my good side. Make sure you do this. Yeah, they record like, it the whole yeah. time for it's YouTube like, videos and music videos. They interlace it together. It was, it was weird. Like those scenes were really weird. But it's and, typical guy Richie. Yeah, stuff it, in the middle of there. It's there was a humor. lot of humor that we yeah. we can get, but it, I feel it was more geared towards people in London. Like people it in was. London that speak those terms yeah. would truly understand it a whole lot exactly. better. We would. While we're just over here, like ah, quit saying the c word. Damn, my ears. Well, you know, I. Roomed with five Irish guys in college. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, so and you're used yeah. to some of this. Yeah, some of this stuff. You hear fucking crazy. cunt every other word, huh? You do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a bit much. But I'll tell you, Matthew McConaughey, he, that man has some acting chops on him like no other. Because oh. when he sells those lines, he commits to it. Like, there's a scene in the movie where his wife gets attacked, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And... Long story short, big spoiler, you find out that the guy he was trying to sell it to masterminded the whole thing of his warehouse getting broken into, another drug lord trying to buy his company, everything, to try to knock down down the the price price. so he can go in and swoop it out from underneath him for a a lot cheaper deal. Right. And it was, he was getting it for a good price, it was like $120 million, and Matthew McConaughey's character explains it such like, this could be worth billions Brilliant. to you. Yeah. I'm actually selling it to you at a really cheap, reasonable price because mm-hmm. I just want out. I want to just live my life on a nice piece of land with my wife and not have to yep. worry about anything. So once Dry Eye attacks his wife and he comes and rescues her, he figures it all out. They kind of piece it all together. Charlie Hunnam's, while you think Hugh Grant's the best private investigator you've ever seen, Charlie, Charlie Hunnam's Hunnam. two steps ahead of him. Yeah, he's in the been bushes and stuff. investigating Hugh Grant. <laughs> So once they piece it all together, Mickey Corners, the guy he was selling to, which his name was, uh, what was his name? Matthew Berger. He yeah. was a little weasel of a dude. Like, yeah. you could just tell that he was something wrong by, with that guy. Uh, Strong. Jeremy Strong, yeah. Jeremy Strong, yeah. And he pretty much demands him to pay him way more money, and he's keeping the company for himself. That was just for the insult. And exactly. then 
to pay back for what happened to his wife. And, like, the way he sold that line, you were starting to shit bricks a little bit because you knew he meant every word of this. Yes. He demanded a, pl- a pound of flesh. And if he didn't get that pound of flesh, it was going to be taken by force and then he was going to be killed. A real pound of flesh. Yes. True pound of <laughs> flesh. With a fillet knife. With, like, a yes. foolish fillet knife. So, so go in there and oh, cut this off. My God. Go in, go in and there and then we're okay. Or this guy over here is going to cut it off you. Yep. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was uh, one of my favorite scenes too. Is when you find out Fletcher was really trying to sell the script to Miramax, which right. Miramax is the company that made this movie, I believe, or produced it. Right. Right. Yeah, that was that cracked my me up to no end. And you, he's like trying to pitch a sequel at the same time. He's like, "Well, you have to wait for the sequel." Which I hope this movie gets a sequel. Oh, that'd be nice. It, it was. I mean, it was that. It was that good. Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought it was. That I good. could see Guy Ritchie carrying on with these characters. Like I yeah. really could, because he he did a really good job with them, and they were fun, interesting characters. Mm-hmm. The set designs were amazing. The costumes, the suits, and everything. Oh yeah, they. It was. He was talking about that today. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. Guy Ritchie was talking yeah. about. It? Okay, and he was. Uh, Saying that when he looks at a suit, he used to look at suits and hate suits. Mm-hmm. He said, I just got so mad, got so mad. And then he said, wait a second. We've been robbed of the suit. Yeah. We've been robbed of it. Mm-hmm. So he looks at it and he says, I, when I pick out a suit, I own that suit. Mm-hmm. I own it. Yeah. Not because I bought it. Not because I bought it with money. Mm-hmm. But because I own that suit. Mm-hmm. I own this thing. Yeah. I want to be in that suit. Yes. And it's like, instead of having to go somewhere and, oh, I got to put on a suit. I got to have a suit. Yeah. You know, I own this suit. Yeah. So the costume design, you know, kind of in the movie resembles his feelings about what, you know, clothing. Yeah. And it's typical, you know, it's a different British chic, you know, there's a lot of plaid and things like that of the suits, but they're really nicely done. Yeah. Really, the suits well are top notch, and they yeah. look good. And suits are a, kind of a lost down to shoes. Nowadays. Yeah, robes, it's all, the the whole gentleman aspect is just kind right. of like a lost art. I think Anne Hathaway said it best in the Intern when she said, "How do we go from a generation like Harrison Ford and Marlon Brando to guys like these nowadays yeah. with a bunch of hipsters and exactly. wearing all these loose clothing and stuff?" It's like, it's Bad a god. It's a good point. It's a really yeah. good point. And like I. I felt underdressed watching this movie. Oh no, it was it was great. It yeah. was three piece suits, you know. Yeah, they were all wore, even the guys that weren't wearing three piece suits were, were dressed nicely. Well. Yeah. I mean, even you know when you look at uh, Colin Farrell's character, mm-hmm. he wore sweatsuits, like a tracksuit, tracksuits right? yeah. all the time. Okay, but it was so well done and so well put together. And he'd always have his cap on, mm-hmm. you know, not a newsboy cap, but a regular, you know, just regular chapeau for yeah. it. But it was really well done. Now, so. Charlie Hunter's beard, oh, yeah, so well groomed. I was jealous. I want a beard like that, man. He, that was an awesome beard. I can't say it's not. It was a solid movie. I highly yeah. recommend it to people. I, I, I called you and I called my dad afterwards. And I was like, you guys got to go see this movie. Yeah, like it was so well. It was so much worth seeing. And it's not really doing that well at the box office. It's it was a budget of twenty two million dollars. I think it grows forty eight point six million so far. Here's the thing about his movies, they don't really do great at the box office. But they're such good movies, but though. It, but they in the DVD and rental area, that's where he makes his his hay. That's true. Well, I wish they would have made their hay for King Arthur because I want to see more of those. Yeah, Maybe great. eventually we'll get more of them, but I doubt it because I think they lost Warner Brothers lost some money on that. I think they were banking too hard on that franchise, yeah, I think and so. it just kind of screwed them. 
It's getting good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 73. Though the one rating I did hear about, it kind of bothered me, was this was just a movie for Guy Ritchie to put his actors in fancy suits. I was like, no, not at all. Like He had an amazing story, great dialogue. Sorry, but yeah, along with the fancy suits. Yeah. I mean, and what's wrong with that? Nothing. I mean, you got a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I like it because I like, I mean, like I said, I admit I'm a Guy Ritchie fan. Mm. But, you know, it's entertaining. It keeps you moving all through. Mm. It never stagnates. You sit back and you go, okay, what's going on with these characters, these characters, and these characters? And you're entertained. Yeah. You're following along. So, agree with all those. No, not at all. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a movie worth seeing, even if you don't get to go see it in theaters. Right. It's definitely worth renting or buying when it comes out because you won't be disappointed with this movie. You could watch it two or three times, and once you know how the movie plays out and you've seen all its, you know, the main story, you get to go back and watch it again, knowing these things. I wonder right. how much, how different your perspective would be on it, and see if you notice different things. Yeah, that would be really cool. Because like one of my favorite scenes, it showed Fletcher in the bushes spying on them. And then when you found out that Charlie Hunnam had been was in the same bushes, yeah. the bushes just a little <laughs> further back in a, like a ghillie suit, yeah, just staring at him the whole time, I was like, man, that would that was creepy, yeah, like that was really cool, but it was creepy. It really was a cool movie to see how, especially with Pearson's character being such a poor kid growing up, how he brought himself up and built this huge empire and was so re- well respected and took care of all these people, even though he was a drug lord, even though he was essentially a bad guy. He still did the best he could for everybody involved. Right. I mean, you know, at first you thought you were going to... We talked about this a little bit. Yeah. You thought you were going to hate this character. You mm-hmm. thought you were going to, oh my gosh, this character is a terrible person. But you begin to root for this guy because he is, you know, he's almost like that Robin Hoodish character. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some of this, but I'm going to do some good with it. Too. Well, to be fair, he was taking... The drug money and giving it to the rich, essentially, but essentially. it was the the poor rich, and then he was helping out other people along right. the way. And it was it was that was almost more like a means to an end. Yes, it was. Then you know, actually, but he really did it. help them out. Like one of the yeah. big points was one of the lords' daughters was a huge drug addict. She was doing heroin and stuff, mm-hmm. and he sent his crew to go save her, pretty much to bring right. her home. And now, unfortunately, she ended up dying right. because of yeah. her addiction. But he, one of his, one of my favorite things he said to one of the other drug lords was, you know, my drugs don't kill people. Your poison kills Kills people. people. Like, your poison does more damage than I can do in a lifetime. Exactly. How do you sleep with yourself at night? And I was like, dang, that's, that's ballsy saying that. And you're a guy that. That's a great, you know, commentary on the the whole what the whole debate used to be yeah with marijuana mm-hmm. and drugs and legalizing marijuana yeah it's like okay yeah you had so many people dying from alcohol and but yet nobody was really dying from marijuana no you just like, get a little bit ignorant and yeah you get crazy into the world news it, yeah, yeah, whatever whatever yeah but, but hey some people it focuses some people yeah. it does that too it's, 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 it's a crazy thing I'll never do it, but to right. each his own, man. You do you. Don't bother me none. I'm going to buy this when it comes out, and I'm oh, going to yeah. watch it again. Yeah, that's a good movie. I would love to go see it in theaters again, but I don't think I'll get the chance to. Well, on a 10-point scale, I'm giving it an 8.5 for me personally. Oh, I'll give it, yeah. I'll give it, I'll go around there, 8.5, eight, 8.6. Eight, yeah. I'll say the same thing. Yeah, it's it was solid flick all the way around. It mm-hmm. was 
greatly built story-wise. Even though we give you spoilers in our or in our podcast reviews, you could still go watch these movies, and it's oh, not going to take away. I mean, yeah. there was a few points in this movie where I was like, "Yeah, I could see that. I knew that was coming." But then there were other points where like, "Damn, Damn. I did not see yeah. that coming." That was <laughs> just ooh, crazy. Caught me off guard a little bit, but it was it was worth seeing. It is worth even if you know the spoilers. It is still worth watching it all the way yeah. through, and I think it'll just enhance your viewing of it that much more, knowing what's coming. Because I, I went agree. in completely blind this movie, and I usually don't go into movies blind, not knowing at least something about it story wise. And I was just like, "What? Wait, what? Holy crap! What happened?" What? <laughs> <laughs> so it was good, and yet again, props to Hugh Grant and Colin Farrell. Man, they nailed this movie. Actors in this one, and Charlie Hunnam was great as usual. So I can't. Can't miss out on my boy there. God, I wish he would make an Eric King Arthur sequel. Yeah, the script really was did. great, and the direction was on point. Well, he did both. Uh, he did screenplay, yeah. and he directed it. Oh, his story was by Guy Ritchie, Ivan Atkinson, and Marn Davies. I don't know who either of those two are, but Guy Ritchie mm. had a huge hand in all of it. So, right. Yeah, go see it. If you haven't, go see it, and then let us know what you thought about it, please. We uh, would love to hear from you guys. We're... We're on Facebook, so comment there if you want, or you can comment on the podcast here on Podomatic, or I, I don't know if you can comment on Spotify or iTunes. Can I don't you? think so. Yeah. Not so we find, found out yet. Anyway. No, I don't think so. But yeah, feel free to share it with your friends too. We're appreciating all the love and followers we're getting. We greatly appreciate it. Most wanna, definitely. Want to keep growing this as much as we can. Like we told you before, we're not out to make money on this per se, but we just do it because we enjoy talking about movies. Yeah, we do. But we want to really grow do. this as much as we can and take it as far as we can it's, yeah we're uh, trying to make sure we you know keep growing keep getting more listeners more people to download you know it's good stuff yeah we we enjoy it oh it was a six film cinematic universe that they were going through oh for the it wasn't it wasn't yeah, 10 okay. i thought it was 10 for some reason but obviously that didn't get anywhere it sucks i was really hoping that would go somewhere oh well it is what it is from what i heard afterwards it was Oh yeah, we're gonna make each movie about a different character. So like the next one was gonna focus on Merlin oh, okay. or something like that, and then each one was gonna be different characters. I was like, or you could just give me six movies of Charlie Hunnam whooping ass with that sword. I'm down for that. that Whatever. Was good me. Yeah, that was good. I'd watch it. All right. Well, I've been Kendrick, and I'm Mark, and this has been Movies in Black and White. Thanks for listening.